from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com, whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skates Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Sunday night, which means it is definitely time for College Hockey West Live. It's our recap show where we talk about everything that happened on NCAA ice this past weekend. Scott Strandy with you tonight, podcasting from a parking lot. I'm back in Arizona, folks. Uh, so I had to get had to get back in and uh, and just get the feel for what it's like to do the podcast uh, from the parking lot. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein, not having that kind of a problem. He's in the big palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. He's got his feet up, got a land shark in one hand, uh, the microphone in the other, and he's ready to podcast for the night. Paul, how are you? Um, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> what? You don't own the land shark? Um, this, this myth of palatial and all that other nonsense is of course, obviously just a myth. Uh, well, um, you know, we had Chris Grando in the press room the other night, so I had to ask him again, has he been by it yet? He well, said, buy it. I can't even get close to it. Well, yeah. Okay. Cause he's not going to come anywhere near here. <laughs> anyway, for those that don't know, Chris Grando is a Long Island kid as well. So as well as Robert Master Simone, by the right. way. Yeah. So anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to figure out um, this whole pairwise thing. Oh, God. Do you have messier. a headache? No, it's just I, actually a lot messier this year than it has been. Um, uh, I think maybe... Uh, in the last bunch of years, as I kind of look back, um, it's been, it's kind of, uh, a situation where, you know, some years is chaos and some years a little more straightforward. Uh, what, what do you like best straightforward or chaos? Oh no, we always like chaos. Of course we <laughs> like chaos. Chaos is great. Do you want to, do you want to get me started on where Denver is in the paralyzed? 
Um, you you can no, do no, that if you no, want. But no, no, we can't. We can't get into that now. But by I, the I way, have, I've just I still I, have bruises on my knuckles. This. By the way, all I'm gonna say is this: BU went from a one seed down to a thir- a three seed in about a week and a half. So, <laughs> so look um, up Denver. Is that what you're well, saying? I don't. I don't know. Well, no. Right now, um, you know, just based on the way it's set up, right? I don't. Um, no, it'd be look out uh, other maroon and gold team. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just checking. Uh, anyway, I, I will tease before our guest comes on here in just a few minutes, about ten minutes or so. Um, that um, we will reveal our our thoughts and our predictions on which teams will end up where the top four anyway, where which regional they'll be going to, um, and then uh, next week we'll talk about the the second four, if you will. Next the week after that, the third four, and the week after that we'll talk about the final four. Um, Sound like a plan? Except honestly, if you if you look at it. It is gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna be a scramble, going into these conference tournaments because, uh, at least as far as the things are concerned on the computer, at least it looks like the only two places that are secure at the moment are at a certain spot, and I don't want to give away your 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 secrets here. Yeah, not but, until we're ready. Not until we're ready. But after, you know, not including those spots, there could be a lot of change in the next. We still have a lot of games to go. Yeah, that's that's the thing. There are a lot of games to go, and there are a lot of big games. And speaking of big games, I was at uh, a big game for the College Hockey West Independent Cup big series yeah, this go. past weekend. How'd that go? Um, the Sun Devils played pretty darn well. And uh, Lindenwood was a little flat and a little sick, I understand, on Friday night. Not to provide any excuses for him because, of course, uh, of course Coach Zombo would not provide an excuse. But I did get that um, kind of the back channels, let's say, that they were a little bit under the weather and struggling a little bit on Friday night. And it showed they didn't have their normal jump or fire in their skates, if you will. And credit to Arizona State. They took it to them um, and, and got the win on – on um, Friday night, Saturday night, a little bit different. The uh, Lindenwood Lions came out and um, went toe to toe for most of the game until finally Arizona State uh, got the lead in the third period and then scored an empty netter to uh, make the final five three. But I, I, again, Paul, I looked at this. I, I tweeted it out. I said, you know, Saturday night after the second period, I said, this is college hockey, man. This is what we want to see up and down the ice. Um, some crisp passing, passing, some going to the net hard, some shooting pucks that hit the net. Um, it, it was a fun weekend of hockey at Mullet Arena. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. I think uh, part of what you were talking about on Friday is uh, I think ASU relaxed a little bit after they scored a few goals, which they hadn't really done much of on a consistent basis this year. Um. You know, uh, uh, it was checked out after the game, and that was ASU's biggest margin of victory ever. And, you know, when you have a night eight, like eight that. 8-2, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that. It was an 8-2 well, win. I didn't have to, but either way. But once you, you know, when you start, when you have a game where you're scoring some goals, 
you don't squeeze the stick as much. You just are much more natural. You just throw the puck at the net like you're supposed to. Yeah, I believe Coach Power said he wanted the guys to play free. So, I mean, um, you know, and and that's one of the few games that we saw where Lindenwood really wasn't in the game all season long. Yeah, because most of the time, and again, I'm not going to make excuses for them because they certainly don't need, need me to do that, but uh, they did have quite a few guys that were under the weather, not feeling well, and uh, maybe just didn't have the jump. Uh, they travel a lot. Obviously, they only have four home games this entire year, so um, catching a bug is something that can happen um, anytime, but certainly later in the year when you get a little run down, so... Uh, anyway, I, I thought they represented well both ways. Um, it was physical. It was hard Saturday night. Uh, there were some plays that maybe they wish they could take back both sides. But um, I'm sure. it is what it is. You know, the, the game is over with. I believe that that um, Mr. Sillinger is going to be just fine uh, from what Coach Powers told me. And, uh, of course, he did quote uh, himself as saying <laughs> that, that Demetrius Kumanzis will be fine because he's kind of like Gumby. Well, I, yeah, I mean. <laughs> anyway, so that's what happened on Mullet Arena Ice. Um, Paul, I had my eyes also focused on two other, well, three other big NCHC matchups. Uh, that was uh, Colorado College, uh, Chris Mayotte's squad going up to uh, Western Michigan and Kalamazoo, and boy, they put a scare into the Western Michigan guys um, both nights. But um couldn't couldn't pull out a win on either one, which is hard to do up there in Kalamazoo. It really is. Um, so anyway, uh, the Tigers come away with two losses, but again, they put the scare in everybody they play. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, I believe it was the Saturday night game. I'm going to check this. There was basically uh, CC was was winning the game. I mean. Was 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 probably the better team. On on Saturday night, they about thirty. If you, if you could remove about thirty seconds from the game, because Western basically got their two goals in about thirty seconds, that was it. You know, yeah, apparently the sponge was, the sponge wasn't wet enough. That's what I'm coming up with. Caden, the sponge and miracle, by the way. Anyway. Please stop. I'm begging you. Please stop with this nonsense. <laughs> oh, you love it and you know it. <laughs> no, I don't because it's... It's ugh. entertaining. This is supposed Bro, to be no, fun. No, it's not. This is supposed Whatever. to be fun for people. <laughs> it is fun. Anyway, um, Caden and Miracle, the sponge as I know him. No. No, no. Uh, no. Don't make me ask Leo if, if he's a sponge, but anyway. Whatever. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, so that's Nick what happened. have to be natural. Uh, that is pretty natural. Nat no, it's not. Have you seen the puck go to him? It just sticks to him like a sponge, uh, like he absorbs it. God. <laughs> we'll get into the nicknames later after we talk about uh, Aiden Hobie Thompson. No. <laughs> no, Hobie Magic again on display. No, almost pulled it out on Saturday night too. By the way, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, listen. You know, uh, basically, uh, 
you know, I mean, Denver's still in charge in that in that in that conference. So, well, they're in charge, just, but they better play darn well. Um, well listen, up at Western get, Michigan next weekend. When, 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 you don't even have to sweep; just split. Just split. Yeah. yeah okay. Whatever. Um, they got to play better than that. I don't think they played all that badly. They dug themselves a hole. What happens? I'm going to leave it out as to whose fault it was. I don't need that. To, I don't need to air that laundry out right now, but I will one day. Uh, listen, everybody <laughs> has an off night. Um, yeah, but you can't let the off nights carry into a five goal deficit. It happens. Stop. Like I said, <laughs> everybody has an off night. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> they're still winning. They're still up by five points in the league with four games to go. Yeah, you basically, better win a couple of games. Yeah, they have to play 500 hockey to basically put it away. But is that what they want to do? Do they want to go into the I'd tournament playing 500 to hockey? No, but that's my point wanna, is. They want to step on people. Of course they do. But my point being is they're still in control and, and solid control. Okay. Um, David Carl and the, the Pioneers will be sending you a check, apparently, for that vote of confidence. Well, no, they're just I'm just calling it like it is. <laughs> like it is. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, the Pioneers split with the Bulldogs. Says the Bulldogs are scary again this time of year. They always are. And uh, Paul and I had this conversation. I had this uh, conversation with a couple people in the mullet press box that, um, boy, if any of those teams, any of the bottom four, the NCHC, get into the frozen faceoff, do not count any of them out from winning the frozen face-off. Well, I mean, listen, you know, you, you, desperation helps bring up your game. Um, it's looking like the only way that North Dakota, you know, the only way that uh, your Bulldogs are going to get in there in the tournament is winning the conference. Well, yeah. And, same way with North Dakota, probably the same way said. with CC, probably well, the same CC. way with with Miami. I mean, well, they all got to yeah. win the. So any anybody in the bottom four of the NCHC must win that frozen faceoff to punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament. And don't be surprised, folks, on March nineteenth, if you call me up and say, or text me, or message me, or whatever, and say, "Hey, somebody other than the top four won the frozen faceoff." Don't be surprised. Do not I don't think, well, I, well, I don't think anybody would be surprised if, well. Well, the talk all year, Paul, has been the NCHC is down. The NCHC is down. And yeah, I'm not saying it's down. I'm saying it's more competitive. Listen, and that's why I'm team, saying the, the bottom the, four could win this thing. The only team that would shock anybody, I mean, really shock anybody if they won, would be Miami. Would CC be sh shocking? Um, not anywhere near to the degree that Miami would be winning. Coach Mayak, Coach Menino, that was Paul Hornstein. Pat him on the back. Well, listen, it is. He's keeping listen, you it alive. Is, it is. They, 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 you know, you still have to learn how to win. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Let's, let's not mess around anymore. Let's talk about somebody that knows how to teach people how to learn to win. And that's our guest tonight. 
Leor Strom, Leor, <laughs> Leor Strom is joining us. Uh, I believe he's in Colorado, but Leor, if you can hit one of those uh, gray call-in buttons uh, on the screen, we will get you connected, and uh, we'll talk some hockey with a guy that uh, knows it inside and out from the Arizona Elite uh, Hockey Program to um, the Kazan Agency. We'll talk a little stuff with uh, with Leor in a minute. As soon as we get him connected here, we're working on that. And um, we'll find out what's going on. I think he's still up in, in Loveland, Colorado. We're very near the old Budweiser Event Center. And uh, we keep trying to connect every time I go up there. And somehow, some way, our schedules never match. So um, we're going to uh, get him on in just a minute. I think he's live right now. Lior, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you, my friend? I'm well. How are you guys? Uh, we're, doing, we're doing fantastic. Yeah, so... Are you still up in Colorado, or are you bouncing around somewhere else right now? No, no, I'm actually sitting in my office here, uh, right behind the, the lovely Budweiser Center. Darn it. How come I'm not ever there whenever I need to be there and, and sit down with you and go have a beer or something, I think? Well, we can always eat up at the, uh, what's it called, the Mash House? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Mash absolutely. Lab, Mash Lab, I think. Mash Lab, right? there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm All happy right. to I'm happy to meet up there anytime. <laughs> we we need to have you on more often because I think it was about a year ago when we had you on last time to talk talk hockey and we were talking Devin Levi and um some of that stuff. But before we even jump into this, I know you have a thousand hats kind of like I do, but tell everybody what you're doing right now and, and what's going on in your life. Oh, uh, right now, uh, I guess my main focus right now is uh, working with uh, young hockey players, just kind of helping them and their families uh, guide them through this uh, crazy maze of, uh, you know, trying to get to the next level. So uh, that's that's really what I what I do during, you know, most of my time. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I have, uh, you know, children that still play. So, you know, trying to follow them, whether it's on TV <laughs> or live at the rink and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm like you guys, I'm watching, you know, I'm on Instat or, you know, whatever, uh, live barn and hockey TV, just trying to pop in and out of games and watching highlights and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, occasionally, uh, you know, uh, catch an NHL game on the TV, or uh, unfortunately, I haven't I haven't seen a college game. But I was up to visit Coach Mayotte at uh, CC earlier in the year. He gave me a tour of the new facility, which I which was unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's about what I do. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's plenty. Um, and and for those that don't know, and we talked to you about this last year, and we had you on just for the NCAA tournament. But you've worked with some guys. I, I know one guy that's pretty darn sharp, and his backup uh, transferred to Arizona State. And I've gotten to know TJ Sempton Felter pretty well, and he has nothing but high praise for Devin Levi. And uh, we all know what Devin does, and he won the Bean Pot this year, uh, Leor. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? And and how close are you still with Devin? Uh, pretty like, I mean, uh, you know, we, we text back and forth, uh, here and there. I try and, you know, I know how busy he is, uh, right now during the season. So, you know, I kind of keep my distance. I don't like, you know, I know myself as a player, you know, I'm sure he's got so many people messaging him between, you know, friends and family and who knows what ever, after every big event like that. Right. Especially after a big win. So, uh, you know, I, I, I text once in a while, like, hey, congrats, or stuff like that. And, you know, he usually texts me back or 
Um, you know, so I, I keep in touch with him. I, I keep in touch with his parents still. Um, and uh, his, his younger brothers, an O four, who played with uh, with my younger with my O four son. So uh, they they keep in touch. So it, it's still pretty. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, we talk quite. You know, en- enough. Let's put it that way, <laughs> right? Okay. So, and, and then, uh, and then the other. I mean, you know, we talk about Devin Levi. You know, the other, the other goalie that was on on that team I coached in Montreal was Yaniv Perret. So that was my yeah. tandem. So <laughs> both of them are <laughs> not uh, a bad tandem, my friend. No, not a bad no, tandem. No, and, and back then, I mean, Devin was the the rookie up and coming player, and uh, and. And uh, Devin, you know, or sorry, Yaniv was was the second year player, and Devin was the was the up and coming goalie. And uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys have seen Yaniv's highlight this week from, uh, you know, that flying poke check. But yeah, um, you know, I saw that exact same poke check in a shootout at the Quebec Pee Wee tournament against the uh, Halifax Mooseheads, that won us the game. So uh, I texted Yaniv. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you haven't, I haven't seen that one in a while. So. <laughs> love it well when you're in a situation like that and, and and i can't even at the youth level it can't that can't happen that often um you mean the flying poke check? Sit there. <laughs> well no not just the flying poke, but having two goalies of that i mean you know goalie is not really a position where it comes to you late right i mean that has to well, be pretty obvious from the start well, no? in, in, in Devin's case, so um, he had, like, I mean, we're talking what, the, they were, what, 13, 14 years old, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Devin um, hadn't played goalie that much. He actually started out as a forward. And I believe okay. it was only his second year playing goal. And uh, originally, like, you know, when I, when I picked him um, to, to be on the team, you know, I got some pushback from the association. They're like, well, you know, how, how can you take a kid that's, you know, barely played goalie and, you know, we have to cut like a returning player, which obviously, you know, at that age, who, nobody wants to cut a, a second year player. Or, no. You know, it sucks cutting kids at, at any age, but, you no. know, um, you know, the other goalie was, you know, he's a, uh, he was, he was good, but, you know, Devin was just, uh, you know, you could tell right away that, you know, he had this drive, he had, uh, you know, you knew he was going to be good. And, and I just knew that by November of that year that, you know, he was going to be, you know, pushing, pushing Yaniv. So, uh, you know, it, it was more at that point, you know, Yaniv was, you know, kind of more the veteran goalie and probably got more of the important games, let's say. Right. But, right. uh you know, I think, I mean, look at both of them now. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're both doing, uh, one in Hockey East and one in the ECAC. So uh, good on both of them. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what the next step is for both of those two. Okay, so let me ask you this, because uh, I know that you worked with them at the younger age, but I had a chance to visit with TJ Semptonfelter, as I said, who was Devin's backup last year and played pretty well in his own right when he got an opportunity um, but he knew what the situation was. And one of the things that the TJ does, and, um, I don't know when this started, if it started, I think maybe in college, but, um, he comes out and breaks in the action. He come out about top of the circles between them and he'll, he'll stay there and just focus like he's a statue. Have you seen that Leora? And I know he said Devin does it too, but have you, have you seen that? And, 
And and TJ tells me it's mental preparation, mental focus to get back in the game and be ready immediately. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen um, uh, TJ exactly what what he does. I know, I, I believe Devin does something similar where he goes down and he, I think he's on his knees actually, and uh, something similar to that. I mean, I haven't talked to Devin about that, but uh, I guess just from uh, kind of guessing, it would be just you know where they can just maybe, you know, try and tune everything out, uh, you know, the crowd and the noise and just kind of really be at peace and be able to, to focus and play loose. I mean, that's, you know, uh, you know, obviously uh, sports perform- mental sports performance is huge now. And, you know, everyone, you know, whether it's goalies and players and, you know, everybody's got a little bit different, um, you know, outlook on it. But, uh, you know, you, you have to train your, your, your brain just as much as any, uh, body part to be a successful athlete right and especially a goalie I mean you know uh, it's definitely not easy being a goalie when uh, you know you step on the ice and you got the other team's band blowing the the, the trombone every time you let in a goal and warm up and you know uh, you know they're chanting you know they like to pick on the goalies and uh, so uh, you know it's, de- it's definitely not an easy position right I mean as a forward you could probably you know, go out there for five, six shifts in a row, make a mistake, nobody notices. But uh, unfortunately, every time a goalie kind of makes a mistake, the whole, uh, you know, the whole building knows. Okay, let me let me throw this in, being you brought that up. But uh, I know you haven't been to the new mullet arena yet in Arizona, but I'm sure you're going to get in there uh, sometime when you're out here. But um, <laughs> the they have a great student section right behind one of the goals. And um, they, they normally are chanting uh, the goaltender's last name. Well, uh, th- this last weekend they played Lindenwood and uh, Roni Salmon Kangas was in that uh, game two for um, Lindenwood. And, and the fans decided they weren't going to mess with Salmon Kangas. So they were just <laughs> chanting Roni. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> they had everybody's last name, except when it comes to Salmon Kangas, and we're going to leave that it's one not out. That so. hard. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> it mean, was for the students, apparently. There, anybody go to ASU here? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, I thought I had to throw that out there when you said that. That, that was uh, – quite a quite a hilarious champ but you haven't been to mullet yet have you no i i haven't had the chance i mean uh you know obviously i've heard some great things about the facility and uh you know great on the program finally getting the building done and uh looking forward to seeing uh you know some great hockey out there and uh just hoping the, the program keeps growing and and maybe that'll uh, push some other schools in the area, whether it's, uh, you know, who knows, maybe the Wildcats or, you know, schools Ooh. in California and Texas and, you know, maybe Paul's Washington. Paul's an ASU alum, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, that would, wouldn't that be great, though, for college hockey to have a D1 yeah, ASU, uh, uh, you know, U of A rivalry? I mean, I know oh. at, in the ACH, it, what was it, ACHA level, yeah. I mean, those rivalries are fantastic, so... Uh, you know, it would just help the game and, and help the area. And you know, I think it would be unreal. You know, it's like Michigan State, Michigan. Oh, no, listen, listen I, 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 I joke about it regularly because, well, I have to. But, um, no, I, I'd be the I, I would I, I'd be the first guy sending I, Chad Berman a like a congratulations and a let's go. Cause we need to kick their butt some more. I miss it. You know, <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm sure so, Chad would have something to say about that. Well, he probably would, but I, I can't. I can't. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he. I'd have to tell him the truth. I couldn't sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, sure, I want you to win." No, no, I never well, want you to win. Yeah, well, if you, know, you at least do not, win, it, it's like nine eight. Right against someone else. Yeah, somebody else. Yeah, no, no, yeah, somebody else. Okay. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of my fellow alumni would probably get on my case when they hear this, but you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you have to answer to a higher power, and we need more hockey, more college hockey on the West Coast. And if that's what it takes, then we have so to. So be it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's fantastic, though. Like at ASU, that the uh, you know the students are finally. Um, you know, I, I know the atmosphere at Oceanside was, was fantastic as well, but, you know, now you have your real, you know, own rink and the students are closer and, you know, the fact that they have a student section behind the goalie already and they're just shredding him and, uh, you know, that's what makes college hockey like second to none and there's no other experience like it. Uh, you know, European hockey sometimes is similar, but, uh, you know, there's nothing like playing college hockey in front of, you know, your own students that you get to see day to day and, uh, you know, just having them so involved in, in uh, you know, cheering you on. And, uh, you know, obviously for the goalie, it's not, it's not so much fun, but, uh, you know, definitely for the other guys, it is. <laughs> okay. Like, so I, I want well, to ask. I, I was just going to, like, it's just kind of memory just kind of popped in my head. Um, there was a goalie, I believe it was for RPI. His name was, uh, what was his last name? Tam Burrow. And just about when that uh, movie came out, uh, they started singing uh, "Fat Goalie in a Little Jersey." Adam. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, well, and I'm and and you probably had a front seat for that, right? Because that was your rival in college. Yeah, for sure. Uh, either I was either in the net or I was swinging the door. So one of the two. <laughs> yeah, for for folks that don't know, and uh, Lior went to Union College. Um, which is up there in Albany, which I've been to many, many times in the last eight months. Schenectady. Uh, oh, is it? No, isn't. What? Well, no, what the heck is up there with RPI? RPI is Troy, and then right. Union. But that's is in the Albany area. Yeah, it is. It's, it is the Albany area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my son is is at uh, a student at uh, SUNY Albany, so that's why. Okay. I'm like, there you go. Yeah, as I was gonna say, and I've been up there a lot in the last eight months, and. Um, what were those games like when you were playing RPI? Oh, those again, uh, you know, those were some, you know, great memories for me. Uh, you know, we would play, uh, you know, the, the home and homes, um, uh, you know, in each other's rinks against RPI, right. the, uh, RPI called it the, uh, you know, the great red, I think it was called the great red freak out or something. And everybody on, <laughs> you know, would, would wear red, uh, when they played at home and then, uh, Actually, at Union, they would, like, for the first, like, every time Union scored the first goal, they would just pelt the goalie with oranges, right? So, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the goalie would have to actually hide in his net. Uh, you know, eventually, uh, you know, campus security would, uh, they would uh, they would basically say, you know, the, the cafeteria at school would stop uh, handing out oranges that week, right? But somehow the students always managed to, uh, to sneak them in. Oh uh, yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we got to play a couple of games. I think at the uh, I, I don't know what that rink's called, but I don't know if it's the Time Union Center or yeah, basically where the Albany River Rats used to play, like downtown right. Albany. And 
so that was, those games were always a lot of fun and you know obviously the build up to it the media hype uh, you know, just the, you know, obviously the extra intensity, uh, you know, I think it was called the Route 7 rivalry or something like that. So that was always fun. And, you know, uh, one of my best friends growing up who I played against uh, or played with my whole life was was playing for RPI. And that was a player by the name of Elaine St. Hilaire. And so that always made it, you know, the bragging rights in the summer. So those were always fun times. <laughs> so So let me ask you this, being a union guy, um, were you there with Mayotte or do you have any ties to Union besides both going there with Chris Mayotte uh, and yourself? No, he was, uh, uh, he came, I believe, uh, a few years after I had left, but I, I have met Chris and, you know, just being, you know, Union alums and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, you know once in a while we'll message back and forth or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see him at the rink or scouting somewhere. So, um, but I, I never had the opportunity to go to school with him. Okay, so so let's put the other hat on of yours, the agency hat, because uh, you're counseling and, and working with and developing uh, players to get to the next level. How much has that changed, Lior, since uh, especially since the pandemic, or has it? Uh, it, it definitely has. I mean, uh, you know, obviously with the pandemic, I think, um, you know, scouting has relied a lot more on video. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think because of the pandemic, it pushed you know, different software and stuff like that. And I mean, you still always, you still always need to, you know, get eyes on a player live, but I think video kind of uh, cuts down a lot of that time where, you know, you're able to get eyes on a player uh, on video, get a, you know, good understanding of what he's like. And, and again, now with some of the software, um, you know, in analytics, like you're able to really, um, you know, cut up player shifts or it actually, it actually, you know, it comes already pre-cut for you. So you have to spend a lot less time, you know, manually doing things. So, uh, you know, you definitely, uh, you know, you're able to search uh, different episodes and things like that. And, um, you know, for example, for a goalie, I can, you know, watch his saves or watch his goals against or just watch different actions or, you know, I want to see shots from the slots only or, you know, just little things like that. So it's definitely made, uh, you know, pre, I guess, pre-scouting uh, a lot easier. Um, and again, you know, now you, with hockey TV and live barn and just all the different, um, you know, streaming services, like, you know, you can go crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys. <laughs> oh does. my God. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, like, it's insane. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you're trying to watch, you know, like, you know, whether it's players that I, I advise and uh, you know, just different games that I'm interested in myself in watching or, you know, like, uh, you know, example, uh, Monday night, I, you know, I was downtown Denver having dinner with one of the Tampa coaches and, you know, we look up and, you know, all of a sudden you see the bean pot shootout. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how much hockey is, is grown and there's availability on, on, you know, different streaming services, you know, whether it's on uh, cable or your phone or, you know, all kinds of, uh, like I said, you know, you guys, you guys probably have just as much as I do. Uh, it's, it's definitely changed uh, the, the game and the way uh, guys are able to develop, whether it's with video coaches and, um, you know, uh, specific, uh, you know, positional coaches that you can work with. Um, you know, uh, it's definitely helped players a lot. Right. And, and, you know, and again, you know, we talk about, you know, parity in college hockey, right. Um, no, that's that's part of it is just the the video and how everybody's in tune to it 
Well, how much now? I mean, you're 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 obviously you're the. I hear not necessarily. I don't want to make this sound like it's a negative because it's not. It's not intended to be that way. Um, with with it with with. A, a, a job like yours being the in that advisory capacity. Uh, what I hear, what I what, when when people tell me stories, the the only thing that makes me nervous about it, especially now that they have nil and that, so that kind yeah. of stuff doesn't really is now these kids are getting younger and younger when they're getting contacted. Uh, yeah, that's. that's you know, that's, um, you know, honestly, for me, like, look, uh, everybody has their own, uh, right. you know, I guess, uh, you know, moral compass, right? Right. Uh, for me, that was probably one of the reasons that delayed me into getting this in, into this side of okay. hockey for so long was because of that. I didn't want to, you know, chase. Uh, and again, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody. Everyone has no, 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 no. way it's, of it's... doing anything. Uh, for me, the players I work with are basically players who are close, you know, pretty close to the junior level and, you know, trying to get to college hockey, right? Or guys who are already in college hockey. I really, um, you know, if, if a parent wants to contact me, who's, you know, again, in, in peewee, right? There's, right, you know. Uh, and that's you know, the problem. I, I, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to uh, work with a, a player that young you know uh you know i'll answer some questions here and there but you know uh obviously for me like once and, and again i don't i just don't feel comfortable as a no no i get as, well, an, as well, an adult as right an adult no no i get a, that a, a, and, and, but, and i uh, and i bring it up Lior, because I, I i've dealt with little league parents and the, the, to me the the issue is extended to where the parents have these insane uh over these these insane unrealistic expectations that their kids going to be the next Wayne Gretzky or or Kale McCarr or whatever and and you guys have to deal with that probably more than anybody else yeah i mean like you know unfortunately hockey's become you know, a very uh, expensive sport, you know, uh, with all the travel and equipment costs and ice costs and training costs. And, uh, and you know, I kind of look, you know, I, I see it from the parents' point of view as well, right? Like you're, right. you know, to play AAA hockey or go to an academy is, is very expensive. And, you, you know, like you, you almost want some, hey, what's my return or... Uh, you know, what are we getting out of it? So like you almost have, you have to treat them, you know, in some type of way, like, like a customer. Right. Right. And, right. you know, and I hate saying that, like, you know, as a coach, well, you know, like, you, you, you know, you have parents that are paying money and you have to be accountable uh, to them as well. Right. You have to talk yeah. to them. You have to have an open door and, you know, it's, it's you know, you have to set boundaries, obviously. Uh, and some parents are great at it. And some parents don't get it, right? Some parents think that you're just there available, like, and I'm talking as a coach here, uh, right. you know, think that, hey, you know, you can text me anytime you want, 
right? right? Like, you know, I've had, <laughs> I remember when I was coaching a few years ago during, you know, during that first COVID year, what was that, 1920? I think it was that year. Yeah, whatever. Before before I even got back to the dressing room, I had a text, like a, you know, a three-page <laughs> long text from a parent. Jeez. And I, I haven't, I hadn't even been into the dressing room to, to speak to the players yet. So, you know, again, and that's also a function of the live streaming and, you know, parents are watching live. So, you know, you could be at a tournament in Dallas and you got parents at home, whether it's Colorado or wherever, and they're watching on Live Barn and or whatever streaming service they have or Facebook or whatever. And, you know, they're getting, you know, it's an emotional sport, right? Um, right. You know, and, and it's hard sometimes to, to hold yourself back, right? Uh you know, like even like, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, even this morning I was watching my daughter's, uh, you know, tier two 16 game. And I right. just ha- I have to go stand by myself in a corner, like yep. around the glass. And because I just don't want to hear anybody else. But that, you know, yeah, I totally you know get that. And, and totally. I probably and I probably look like, you know, like I'm crazy because I'm probably like talking to myself or something, <laughs> you know. Well, then you fit right in with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. both crazy too. The, you know, <laughs> you know the, the glass bangers, you know. <laughs> yeah. I always he's, I always call it the angry dad corner. You know, like right. a group of dads <laughs> standing around the glass together. <laughs> uh, no, I get it. As as somebody who's coached and somebody who's been a parent that you know, uh, even though, you know, I've ha- I had I had some kids that were into sports and some that weren't. And you sit there and you want to be like, will you just shut up? <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. You know nothing about this game. And if I don't, if I open up my mouth, I'm going to end up in a fight. So I need to be by myself <laughs> because this way I don't have to hear it. So I totally understand that. Totally. <laughs> All right, Lior, I got to ask you this, uh, uh, and kind of on the same track, but um, one of the things we've been watching, Paul and I have watched it very closely since the pandemic, the extra years of eligibility due to the pandemic and, um, and, and stuff like that and the transfer portal and all that. And it's made for, I think, a incredible parity across the board in NCAA hockey. But uh, we also talked about initially, uh, was that going to hold junior players back? Uh, were there players that were going to get caught in that time, that two, three, four-year time gap where maybe they were ready to go up, but there wasn't a spot because somebody decided to come back to their college team? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, definitely the, the pandemic, you know, obviously, uh, you know, with the extra year, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, pushed a lot of junior players to, you know, either – uh, stay another year a junior or you know maybe they lost a, a spot or or whatever it is uh, you know maybe they had to you know go to a division three program instead or or whatnot so but also you know at the same time with with the portal I mean look what it's done for a player like TJ right you know imagine he couldn't transfer as easily um, you know he wouldn't have had the opportunity to to do what he's doing um, and so in a way, the, the, the portal is, is good. And at the same time, uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, it's going to push a lot of players to uh, basically have to play till their age out year in junior. Um, you know, obviously there's exceptions to that. I mean, even before the portal, you know, I think if you looked at the statistics that most of the kids that were going to college hockey, you know, were, were playing all the way through their you know, their whole junior career, right? Uh, right. You know, and, and that's part of, I guess, the development process where, 
you know, if you can get a kid to get more and more experience uh, before he shows up to college, uh, the better, because this way he shows up as a freshman and he's ready and he's ready to compete uh, physically and, and mentally for both ice time and, and just going through the, the rigors of uh, being a student athlete, right? Uh, you know, I think, you know, I guess more in my time, you know, it was almost like, well, you came in as a freshman and, you know, uh, you didn't play much until your, your junior, senior year. And now you, you've got, you know, freshmen who are, are challenging right away. So I think that's that's been good for for the game in general. Um, you know, like I said, the portal. Um, you know, I think every program is going to approach the pro- portal in a different way, um, and I think it'll just depend on on what they see uh, is best for for them in their program and and how they want to run it. Um, you know, but uh, you're right because of the portal. Uh, you know, you're getting guys who maybe uh, aren't getting an opportunity where they, they came uh, originally and, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're, and they're good hockey players and, you know, now they have a chance to go somewhere else and have an opportunity to, to, to play more right away. Um, you know, obviously the, the downside to that is, uh, you know, what does it do to players who, you know, like, uh, you know, hey, I'm not happy, so I'm going to leave, right? Um, right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's 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 like a double-edged sword. It is. It's a double-edged sword where, you know, yeah, I mean, it's on the player to, you want players to have to fight through that adversity, you know, but, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they just don't get the opportunity. Right. And, you know, I I wouldn't want to be in a situation where you're barely playing until your senior year. I mean, one, it's just, you know, it's not fun, you know, like I, I can't imagine what that would be like as a player to, you know, you're going to lift at 6 a.m. And, you know, you want to be part of the team, uh, no doubt, right? But you uh, want to play. You want to play. So, um, you know, who doesn't want, you know, that's the whole reason why you're doing, you're sacrificing everything, you know, is is to play, is to, to get an opportunity to produce on the ice and show what you can do. So, like I said, it, it's 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 been good for some players and for others, you know, uh, you know maybe maybe they need to like hey take a step back and hey you know maybe I need to let this ride out a little bit longer and 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 really try and fight through this adversity because it's it's going to make me a better player. All right, I got to ask you about this one. Um, Connor Bedard seems to be the consensus number one NHL pick coming forward. Um, uh, Paul and I have a mutual friend who, uh, has a son that's played with Connor way back when, <laughs> and he's what, 16, 17 right now. <laughs> but, uh, when I say way back when in the Pee Wee ranks and, yeah. um, his talent level is, is off the charts. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, but where do we, where do we draw the line on whether that 18 year old kid is ready to come in and be a savior, so to speak for an NHL franchise or, uh, is that does that happen anymore? I guess is what I'm I'm getting at. Well, I, I, again, you know, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, every every draft year or every birth year, you know, there's always uh, you know someone that that rises to the top and and you know it's almost you know what you call generational player or generational talent where you know able to step in right away into a man's game and and produce. Right. I mean, over the, over the last what decade, you know, how many players are actually able to do that? You know, if you, you know what Austin Matthews and 
uh, Connor McDavid and uh, Connor, um, uh, Sidney Crosby and Novechkin. And, uh, you know, but other than that, right, uh, how many first rounders, uh, even even number one overall, actually are able to, um, you know, produce at that pace right away. So it'd be definitely interesting to see. I mean, you know, from all indications, you know, and you try and look at comparables, right? Like everyone looks at, okay, like Connor Bedard did this in junior and Connor McDavid did that and, uh, you know, points per game and, and all the, you know, all the different metrics, right? Like, oh, this is what he did in the world junior compared to this guy. And so all the, you know, all the metrics right now are, are showing that, you know, Connor, you know, probably coming into the NHL is going to have some, you know, success right away, but, but who knows that, you know, that just might depend on what team he lands on and, uh, you know, again, on, on his development. But I mean, it just seems like after the world junior championship this year, it seems like he's stepped it up again. You know, I think, well, you're, you're an advisor and, 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 and you're an evaluator. Um, how much of that is mental and how much of that is being used to being in the kind of spotlight that he's been in for so long now? It almost seems like second nature, no? Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like when you know, uh, you know, players like that, um, you know, been in the spotlight probably, like you said, since 12, 13 years old, right? Um, yeah. You know, they've been talking about Connor, what, for, you know, probably like his draft year minus three years already, you know, especially. <laughs> You know, and that's you know, that, that's crazy. just me, Leo. I saw him in the uh, under <laughs> yeah. under eighteens in Dallas during yeah. the pandemic, and uh, so yeah, I was all over that bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I remember seeing Shane Wright, uh, I think, at a squirt tournament in Minnesota, right? And you know, he was just so much stronger and bigger, and you know, better than everybody else. Um, you know, and even, you know, back then they were saying, you know, he was going to be a number one overall pick, right? So uh, it just, you know, every player looks differently. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the best player in squirt and peewee doesn't always become the best player later on. Um, kids will mature and develop at, at different ages. And, you know, I have no, you know, it's hard sometimes to tell what a 14-year-old kid's going to look like at 21, you know, their own parents don't know what they're going to look like at 21, let alone, you know, some hockey uh, advisors or scouts or, or whatnot. But, you know, you, you look at certain things like, uh, you know, whether it's size or, or skating or, you know, how do they beat goalies and, and players? Is that going to translate into the NHL? Because, you know, obviously uh, we know that, you know, scoring at the NHL level is, is a lot different, right? Now you're, again, right. you're, you're going up against defensemen who are experienced, who've been in the league, uh, you know, who are men and same thing with goalies, right? Goalies uh, um, who, who have seen shots from, you know, older players already. So are you able to beat these goalies from distance with your shot, right? Um, from outside the dots or, you know, or wherever. Um, so I think, I think with a player like Connor, obviously he's been, you know, he's a he's a player that uh, obviously he's very driven and he's got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, whether it's natural or you know he's worked on it, um, and you know he's still the hardest. You have to be the hardest worker, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously a player like that is is you know seems like he's on the on the track to to have quite a bit of success at an early age. 
I, I got to uh, ask you. Hold on one second, Paul. I got to okay. ask him one more on this one. Um, I had a chance to to watch uh, Mason McTavish up up close and personal this year at the rookie tournament, and um, and then he went back to the World Juniors. And you know, I I watched him play and I watched him work uh, with the NHL rookies in San Jose um, during that rookie tournament. And I said to myself, "There's a difference here because he he commands respect." at a very young age. And, and now I'm watching him perform for the Anaheim Ducks and I'm going like, man, that didn't take long. Um, and, and you see guys like that, but do you see a variety of players like that, that you're, you're working with, or you potentially could be working with. And, and all of a sudden you go like, yeah, that guy is a leader. And the reason I bring that up, Lior is, uh, is, is simply this is that, um, Josh Stone was, the the captain of the Arizona state Sun Devils this year as a sophomore. And I thought, maybe they put a little bit too much on his plate. Um, and now he seems to be freed up a little bit towards the end of the year. And he's, he still wears a C and does all the things that a captain's supposed to do, but it seemed like maybe that was too much pressure. Do you see that? Uh, I mean, look, I, I don't know, um, you know, in, in Josh's, uh, you know, situation, uh, you know, obviously he's well surrounded, right? I mean, uh, you know, is you know, it's it's you know, when you have your dad who's one of the best captains in in NHL history. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that's that exactly you, that my you point, can, though. That you can talk to. I mean, obviously, that you know, that that helps quite a bit. And you know, again, I don't know what Shane's involvement is, but I'm sure you know, I'm sure he leans on him. Um, you know, it just it just depends. Like you know, everyone's development. Like you know, uh, every year players, you know strive to to improve and get better and it doesn't matter what age uh sometimes it kind of flat lines a bit sometimes you regress um you know slightly but uh you know obviously you know development happens in in different stages and uh you know like you said maybe maybe he had a lot on his shoulders or he felt like you know sometimes players like that uh feel a lot of pressure to be the guy and produce and you know, sometimes if it doesn't happen right away, then, uh, you know, maybe they, they hold their stick a little bit tight or, you know, they start thinking about it too much. And, you know, then it takes like, you know, that one shot or that one game where, you know, you feel great and everything starts going in for you. Right. And, and again, same thing for goalies, right. You can go through periods where, you know, you feel like you can't stop anything and it just takes that one save and it just turns everything around for you. So I, I think every player is a little bit, you know, uh, different in, in their, the way they approach your development. And, um, you know, like I said, some, it's not always a, a straight, you know, line of, of, right. of progression. Right. So, you know, even a guy like Mason McTavish where, you know, uh, you know, maybe took him, you know, that extra time to go down the world junior and whatnot and, and get that experience. And, you know, again, maybe part of it's pandemic as well. You had a lot of players who, who missed quite a bit. You know, depending on what league they were playing in, you know, you know, talk about a guy like Shane Wright. You know, he basically missed uh, his whole what seventeen-year-old year because the OHL just right. wasn't playing, right? Um, yeah. So it, the last couple of years, you know, it's it's hard to to pick out exact patterns, you know, because of the last couple, you know, because of the COVID influence, right? Um, you know, it's just kind of uh, been difficult with certain players, um, you know, especially the O4s and the O3 group who, who missed quite a bit. So, um, you know, again, uh, like I said, the, the development process isn't always uh, perfect. All right. So here's a question and there may not be an answer. 
So don't don't. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I love those like questions. <laughs> well, because listen, I, w- because, I, and, I and, wish and, they and asked the, those questions on the SAT. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me get into that's another discussion. And, and and I asked this question, and the reason I say the answer is because we don't know everything. So I, I asked this question this way, and 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 the 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 variable is that we would know of. So. When when I say we, I mean like say Scott and I, or 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 you know a, a reg you know the, the regular fan. Is there a player that you found that that we would know or might possibly know where you watch a kid play and you're like, well, I got to talk to whoever is involved, in it, and you find out like. This, this kid doesn't have an advisor. And how, how's everybody missed this kid? Is there a player that we would know that you came across that you were surprised uh, that nobody has, has jumped on? Um, like you said, there might not be an answer. No, th- no, there is. I mean, it, it happens all the time. I mean, players, okay. players, you know, uh, slip through the cracks um, quite a bit. I mean, you know, eventually, you know they are found uh right you know you know if you look at the nhl level i mean if you want to, like a specific player that i've found i mean yeah oof, well like i said I, I know it happens i, I it I just mean, here I'll, I'll give you a here i'll give you a great example right i mean he's not i don't work with him but right i'll give you like a player like uh audrey palat right for the okay. tampa bay right here's a player that played uh side by side with i believe it was sean couturier Right, right. Who everybody was watching his draft year, and Palat basically was overlooked for I believe two drafts, right? Right. And then finally taken by Tampa Bay, and uh, you know, so if you think about it, if he yeah, went, yeah, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not I mean, not, not a bad, uh, you know, uh, not a not a bad NHL career so far. Um, but uh, but it's just like I said, it just uh, sometimes players um, or, or scouts uh, right. you know, miss on a player or, you know, maybe, a, a, you know, again, it, it's hard because sometimes a player in, at the junior level right. um, is really successful and his game, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't translate into the to pro hockey. And right. then you have the opposite where, you know, maybe a player who wasn't as, as valued in junior hockey, all of a sudden, you know, figures it out and, and gets to a level, um, you know, that nobody expected him to, you know, and, and you see it all the, all the time where, you know, a player, you know, either goes undrafted or he's a late pick, uh, you know, or he signs out of college as a free agent and, you know, and goes on to have a, a pretty good NHL career. So, uh, and again, I don't want to just focus on the NHL. I mean, no, no, no. I, I well, it could have been a college well, player too. Yeah, yeah. Could, you know, college players as well. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just trying to like I'm kind of like no, no. drawing a blank here in my head. That's okay. No, no. Listen, I, I asked that question. I asked that question, and I ask it because it, so and, and it might be even an unfair question. I don't know. I would leave that for others to decide. Is because I don't know a lot about that side of the game i've coached i've coached other sports i know about coaching i i I know about um those more of the that of of that side of things 
the evaluation and advising and scouting and that's i don't know a lot about that sure, sure. so that's I mean, why there, i asked that question i mean yeah no there's there's a lot obviously there's teams spend you know quite a bit of uh you know resources on, on that um you know both in in player development and scouting and in researching players whether it's through analytics video watching live um and i think every um you know every scout and gm probably has their own you know little list of okay what's what's pertinent for me right what do i need to see out of a player to you know um you know say hey this kid's gonna you know go on to something right uh for me i mean as a coach i can tell you i mean i don't want to name names but um that's fine i can tell you every player that i've had uh that has gone on to the nhl has always had the same trait and that's the way they practice and i'm sure that's probably across most sports um you know like the way they they approach practice uh is is unbelievable uh you know the pace uh the hunger um you know to get better they do the dr- every drill with a purpose they don't just go through the motions um you know uh you know, I'll give I'll give one example. Um, you know, is a player Daniel Sprong. Um, I was really fortunate to have him, uh, and Daniel plays right now for Seattle. And and you know, it took him a while to arrive right. in the NHL, but you know, he's having you know again just sometimes it's the right opportunity with the right team and right blend of players, and you know, he's having a fantastic season, right? And this is a guy that was a uh, well, well, he came in on a uh, I think on a PTO, right? So, um, but Daniel, like in practice, like his, his commitment level in practice was unbelievable, you know, and if you were on that team as a player and, you know, you had to say to yourself, Hey, if I want to be anywhere near that good, I have to practice that way. Right. And, uh, and for me, that's, that's huge. And maybe sometimes a lot of scouts don't go watch practice, right? I, I think that's, I think it's key. I, I want to see what a guy looks like in practice, right? How hard does he work in practice? You know, does he compete? Does he battle? Uh, you know, cause I think there's a, there's a little bit of a difference between working hard and competing, right? A lot of guys work hard, but you know, uh, the compete level, um, you know, the, the second and the third efforts and the not backing downs, uh, you know, no matter what the p- difference in size is or, um, you know, just that refusal, I, I don't know, is that a word, but, um, you know, ref- <laughs> refusing to, okay. refusing to, to lose, you know, anything, right. Just that, you know, that inch on the ice, right. Um, like to me, that's, that's, that's key is, is the compete level. Right. Um, you know, everyone, you know, obviously size, you know, size is still important, right. Sure. But but compete can always overcome that you know um you know obviously skill and skating as well but uh to to me is is it's what you have inside of you that differentiates um you from other players all right this is this is the final one but and (laughs) i know we're running long but um I, i gotta ask this just for people out there that are uh unfamiliar with college hockey but how much involvement can invite, and this is really unfair with such a short time to go, but um, uh, how much involvement can advisors have now with college athletes? Because it used to be you couldn't even touch them, and now all of a sudden it seems like there's an advisor in every corner uh, when I go to an uh, NCAA game. 
Uh, so are you, are you mean like in terms of, let's say, during the season with your player or yeah, yeah, or, just the like recruit, context. Or, or in the recruitment part process? Well, I know that's a two-parter, but um, let's, let, let's deal with just in-season. Uh, how, how much contact can you have with them? What can you tell them? What can you not tell them? Uh, so, is there... so for me, like, again, you know, uh, my, like, the way I, I approach it is, I'm just there, you know, I, I just feel kind of like I'm an extension of the player's family, right? Where a player can lean on me if there's something, uh, you know, that he wants to talk about or, uh, you know, I might advise, like, you know, maybe he's upset about, you know, and usually it's about <laughs> ice time, right? Um, you know, so I'm not like... <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my, my role, like, I, I don't feel it's my job or my job, like, you know, I don't, I don't, think it's appropriate to call a coach and um you know tell them how much a player should play or not play uh, my role is more to basically tell the player how he should approach it um you know like hey maybe you know maybe go look at you know ask the coach to to view some video what what can i do better to earn more ice um, so that's more my approach um, again, I'm not, uh, you know, everyone's, everyone probably has a little bit different approach, but for me, I, I, I think it's, it's on, it's on the player to, you know, whether it's, you know, go speak to the coaching staff, you know, uh, you know, watch some video and, and maybe that's part of, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, either watch some video or one of our player development guys who, who do video for us, um, um, basically will maybe, you know, take, watch some shifts and say, okay, Hey, this is what you need to do or you know sometimes just a player not understanding what his role and identity is you know going from junior to college right so you know uh, that's where i can you know sometimes bridge the bridge the gap and if i do speak to the coach that would that's what it would probably be more about is okay how do we bridge the gap the communication between what you're looking for from player and and what the player is expecting or what he sees himself as right um, so I think that's more where I can help player and family. And a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's a parent who, um, you know, wants to, uh, just kind of, you know, get some stuff off his chest. So you're there as a, as a sounding board and, you know, cause obviously a, a parent's not going to call a, a head coach or an assistant coach. Um, but so, you know, that's what, that's what we're kind of there for as well. But most, mostly, like I said, is just kind of guiding the player on, on, how to react when you know maybe things aren't going well and the same thing is when things are going well right um you know you're you're there for for both of those leor we appreciate your time as always uh we got to have you on again to get deeper into this stuff about the recruiting process and all of that good stuff and speaking of sounding boards that's a polish for me i mean i call him and yell at him all day long <laughs> mostly yell <laughs> Mostly anyway, yes. we certainly appreciate you coming on and and, uh, and visiting and talking hockey. It's always great. I promise the next time I get up to the uh, Budweiser Event Center, I'm going to find you and and we can go out and have uh, have a dinner or something. Absolutely, just uh, shoot me a holler as you're coming up from uh, where is it? The Springs? Uh, close Castle Pines oh. area. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> you go. Oh, listen, it, where, it's wherever the chauffeur takes him. That's, that's you know. <laughs> Stop well, I, you know, I, I kind of follow you and I see, you know, you're all over the place. You're Arizona, California. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I just yep. made that trip the other day from Colorado and it was like 300 miles of ice. 
between oh. uh, Denver and uh, just about Albuquerque. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, but it was worth getting back here because <laughs> I saw some really good hockey this weekend. Oh, and I'm see. watching Fairbanks and, and ASU again this weekend, and I think that might be one of the most intriguing series uh, in all of college hockey. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure both those teams are going to be looking for a, for a great weekend. So, well, I Fairbanks think. is right on the edge of getting into the NCAA tournament, and Arizona State wants to make sure they don't get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Coach Powers wants to, you know, probably, uh, you know, derail them. Well, yeah, why not? I, that's what you. That's if you if you don't, then get turn You're in the, the wrong uniform. business. Yeah. Seriously, if you if 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 that doesn't motivate you enough, turn in the uniform because you then you really don't want to play. Because I mean, even if it's not a big game for you, it's a big game for somebody. And you know, this is why teams play regular lineups late in the season uh, when they're going against playoff contenders, or because it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're always fighting, right? Like, I mean, college hockey. I mean, the beauty of college hockey is is that every weekend's like a playoff series, right? So, yeah. you know, if you if you can't get up for the weekend, uh, you know, either you don't have a pulse or, you know, you're, you're in the wrong sport. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the you know, I think you guys were talking about that earlier, the the pairwise and all that. I mean, you know, you need you need to be an actuarian to figure those things oh. out sometimes. But. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me started. I've already <laughs> fought that computer a couple times, Lior. <laughs> uh, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you coming on at Doc and Hockey. I promise we'll do it again uh, soon, probably when we get a little closer to the NCAA tournament. Because um, who knows? Those Northeastern guys might be in the uh, in the hunt again, and there's a pretty hot goaltender that you know pretty well. Absolutely. Happy All right, and I'm guys. not gonna. Uh, Yanev too. I, he's playing pretty darn well for the for the Bobcats, so we got to keep up with that too. Yeah, I think he's leading the nation right now in goals against, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he is. Yep, I think he is. Awesome. All right, good stuff. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Have a good night. All right, you two guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Leo Strum. It's uh, had a chance to visit with us and, and give us a little insight into what's going on in the world of hockey, yep. not only college, but junior and everything else. Yep. Paul and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. 
So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on NCHC.TV. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at NCHC.TV. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Yes, I know we're going late, and I know we have to hurry, and we will get this done, but we did keys, and we did promise that we would uh, tell you our uh, top four teams and what region they'll be playing in in the NCAA tournament. Scott Strandy with you tonight from um, Chandler, Arizona. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein on that big, beautiful palatial estate in Long Island, New York. Paul, here we go. Let's uh, let's start with uh, the Fargo Regional. Who you got going there as the number one seed? The other maroon and gold team. Oh, that'd be the Minnesota Gophers, folks, in case you don't follow Paul closely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to Manchester, New Hampshire. Who do you got going there as the number one seed? Uh, that would be Denver. Uh, Denver Pioneers going to New Hampshire. That'll be a little trip. Yeah, well, somebody's got to make it. Okay, and let's uh, jump down to Bridgeport. Who's going to be going to Bridgeport, Connecticut? That will be Yanni Peretz and the Quinnec. Uh, Quinnipiac Bobcats. Uh, nice, nice little name drop there. Way to go. Uh, down to Allentown, Pennsylvania. Who is going to be the final, uh, not necessarily the final, but the uh, last four seed that or first seed that we have on our list at the Allentown Regional? Well, for now, that's Michigan. Oh, for now. For now, he says. Yeah. <laughs> could that change, my friend? It could. So, it, yeah, I mean, it could. Um. You know, if, if Michigan drops to, you know, to not be a one seed, that would change things a little bit. But uh, we're pretty sure one and two are going to be the same, though, in Fargo yeah. and Quinnipiac yeah. and yep. in, um, yep. in Bridgeport. Okay. Well, uh, next Sunday night, we'll talk about teams four or five, six, seven, and eight and let you know where we think they're going and who they are. So uh, you want to keep track. Keep track on Sunday nights with College Hockey West Live. Might All right. The same teams. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network, brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No gimmicks, no games, just a great car and a great experience. Find us at DesertToyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, it's here at Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue. Las Vegas style, available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how 
to your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state of the art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide, where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download wherever you get your podcasts from. Search, subscribe, rate, and review. Help people find the show. ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. It's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Behind the Mask. College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Wow, that was smooth and fast. Love it. Our thanks to uh, Lior Strom, the uh, the guru, the hockey guru. Let me just call him that uh, for joining us tonight and talking hockey with us. Paul and I will be back tomorrow night for analytics and eyeballs. Tune in, folks. Have a good night. Good night.